um, we need to challenge ourselves. We need to we need to hang out with people that are going to um, support us in broadening our perspectives. Whether that is you know saying a thing that to encourage you to go deeper and question how, the ways you think and think about your thinking and all these different things. So it, it's been a huge. Uh, it's played a huge role in my life for finding more freedom and like understanding who I am, what am I capable of, and um, amplifying my power for sure. Because uh, there, you will inevitably learn a lot about yourself through an experience that is uh, completely outside the realm of normal laws, whether it's challenging you. Welcome to another episode of the Limitless Life Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Smith, and if you have not done so, hit that subscribe button so that you never miss another podcast. And if you love this podcast and you want some more tips and tricks on how to improve yourself, go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel. There are a ton of instructional videos there. You can find the links down below. However, before you go ahead and do that, because you are absolutely fantastic, I'd like you to stick around while I chat with my friend, Bill Robertson. Wild Bill here, reporting for duty in this wonderful moment in time with my brother, Dapper Dude Kyle, which I am very grateful for, the universe bringing us together. And thank you so much for being an inspiration and really bringing the energy and letting it flow. And um, yeah, just being someone that explores that and encourages that in oneself. That's exactly one of the main things I picked up from you when we had first connected at the Enlifted Experience. And um, it was very nourishing. It was very regenerative. And it was a good reminder for me um, as we got to share uh, that space down there in Richmond, Virginia. Dude. Oh, man. I felt that in the heart. I felt that <laughs> in the heart. Like, very Breathe much... it in. Thank you for the cue. I almost, I almost was a little bit too high and tight on that one. Uh, now it's good and low and slow, baby. So my friend, I like to start the podcast with asking my wonderful guests a very simple question. <clears throat> my friend, Bill, how is it that you impact the lives of the people around you and the people you wish to help? That's a good question. And wow, there is infinite routes one could take in articulating what that is. So, you know, on a daily basis, I'm doing my best to amplify my ability to lead myself and, and to go deeper into ruthless integrity, you know, um, and, and what does that mean to me? Well, that's an inside job. Like I can put a, you know, facade on the outside um, and like make it look like things are all good or like even in my relationship, if something's coming up that I feel would be worth discussing yet. Uh, however, I'm avoiding it just from that initial discomfort that may come through or old abandonment wounds or whatever it may be. Um, that's where the rubber meets the road in terms of like showing up for myself and and practicing what I preach and, you know, illuminating uh, what it is that's fully alive within me for the sake of creating more connectedness in my partnership. Um, so aside from that, 
I, I'm answering the call of my own adventure, and that shows up in more ways than I can count. I mean, for example, just being here on this podcast, I'm still in the process of recalibrating myself to be someone who is comfortable with doing that. Um, and I encourage people to meet their edge on a daily basis, whatever that is, because I feel like a lot of people are living lives of partiality and, 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 and we all know how that goes and like, and, and like succumbing to resistance and friction. And, and that's where growth actually happens. That's, that's where transformation occurs. It's really the only way that it can occur is when we notice that choice point. Um, and this is a skill that we develop over time and, and we choose the path that's going to lead us into the next iteration of ourselves. So aside from that, you know, professionally, I'm a men's coach and I'm also a jewelry artist, which is what I've been doing primarily for the past eight years and, and something I've, um, you know, a skill I've been cultivating and, and what's really led me down the path of self-realization as I've spent so much time with myself, working with my hands, building a business, reflecting and listening to so many fucking awesome podcasts along the way, which essentially has led me uh, into this position right now. So I could keep talking. I'll leave it at that for now. Dude, that's awesome. I love, I'm making some notes here. And there's, I love that you said ruthless integrity, recalibrating the self, living life of partiality. Okay, so I want to go into, oh, let's go into ruthless integrity. That was just, <laughs> when you said yeah. that, it gave me Merciless. a shiver down. Yeah. <laughs> It gave me a shiver down my spine and I was like, bro, yeah, this is actually, yeah. And somebody I'm like, I just found out about this way of phrasing it, but it's the perfect way to put it. And like, that's the target I'm aiming for personally, hmm. as I move forward as a man in my relationships and what I'm creating and um, how I'm honest with myself and, you know, all the different things. That's beautiful. So what does ruthless integrity mean to you? Um, sure. So the way I would put that in words is doing the thing you know is right always when, even though it's really fucking hard to do, like I'll, I'll give an example of this and just a funny synchronistic moment between my partner, Beth and I, which you just had, uh, on the podcast, actually, shout out Beth, my the love of my life, uh, my queen and my lady. So we were laying in bed the other night, and there was there's a situation in my life where another female had I'm was in like clo close proximity with in terms of what like her being a part of another creative pursuit that I'm in. Um, and I noticed some attraction towards her and, you know, that was coming up for me, uh, which is totally fine, right? Like this is a, this is a normal occurrence for men. It's completely natural to, we're, we're hardwired to procreate. Of course, we see a pretty lady, like we're going to feel some sort of magnetization, some sort of energy arise within. Um, it was more than usual though. Like I'm usually good at like acknowledging those things and like, okay, a beautiful woman, cool. Um, I'm, you know, I'm in a relationship and, and that's what I'm committed to. And it, besides that, it's really nothing more than, uh, you know, some sort of energy showing up for me. So, uh, 
later that night, I go over to Beth's and we're laying in the bed and she asks how my day was. And I tell her about it. And I tell her about uh, this new lady that we're working with. And, and basically like, I noticed, like I felt my expression was off and weird. Right. Um, and it just, and I like, I'd also had a feeling that she knew, but I wasn't sure. I'm like, okay, well I'll address this at some point, but I don't feel like addressing it now. I Due to my conditioning and programming, I felt uncomfortable with revealing the fact that I had an experience uh, where I was feeling attracted towards another woman that I'm now, you know, working with in another pursuit for whatever reason. So like me deciding not to do it was from a place of smallness and avoiding that uncomfortable experience of like stepping up for myself, which you know, there's intimacy. I'm, I'm exposing myself. I'm being vulnerable. There's some emotional risk involved. Um, so, and then we continue to talk and she brings up this post that was made earlier by this guy, Jordan Bowditch, who talks about this exact same thing. Like it was kind of like a clickbaity thing on the surface where it was like, I want to fuck every single girl that I, every attractive woman that I see on the street. And then he goes on this long, uh, you know, conversation about how this is normal and this is something that needs to be addressed and a conversation to be had because we don't need more repressed suppressed sexual energy in men right and this is like a common theme in relationships like insecurity comes up in you know partner b woman for man being attracted to another girl when of course this is normal so she brought that post up and then i was just like oh now i like have to talk about it because this is exactly what happened to me today so right then and there, yeah, I just, I brought it up in conversation and it was totally fine because we have conversations like this all the time. And like also on the topic of ruthless integrity, it's, I have that experience of attraction towards this person um, and whether I indulge in it or not is up to me and I could indulge in it and nobody would ever know. But am I doing that? No, because I'm choosing integrity. I know what's going to create more connection in myself, what's what's in alignment with me and what's going to create more connection in my relationship. And it's making that decision on the inside to do the thing which nobody would ever like even be aware of that I did. But knowing that it's good for me um, instead of, you know, going mm. the other route. So that's one way of putting it if that landed all right. Dude, that's sweet. Yeah, I like that. So it's that uh, you're going two feet in. So it's definitely not partiality on that one. Hey, that's yeah, cool. That's exactly. fantastic. So I think that I think you having the, mm, you behaving in alignment. Ooh, With, without external, external approval of it or like external validation mm -hmm. of it. Like, like deciding to to engage with the path of alignment, even though it's really hard, and especially when nobody's going to see it, and and that's so important for us to like. Um, I don't know. It's it's very easy to like stay in the dark about the things that occur inside and the things we in, indulge in mentally and with our thoughts. And um, if there's like if it's something that nobody would ever know, it's very easy to like remain complacent where you, where you are within that paradigm of whatever the thing is. Nice. That's awesome. So for the, for your, for your own development, for your own, uh, yeah, for your own development, how would you have previously mm. experienced that or 
if it was a different if it was a different timeline, how would past Bill have <laughs> went through that sort of uh, internal dialogue and that internal uh, experience dealing with those kind of vibes yeah. in the past? Yeah. Phenomenal question. I I would have I would have that would have been something that I would have hung on to and and like ruminated on in terms of because it's like a pleasurable experience to like be around this attractive female and like think about you know how I engage with her and, and how that makes me feel good and I likely also would have went home and masturbated to this woman right that that that's that was uh you know a, a program of mine that was a, a behavior process of mine was like indulging in these sexual fantasies with other women women um, and not to say that that's inherently bad, but like for me and what I know creates the most expanded sense of love and connection within myself and, and the most liberation and freedom. And especially as it pertains to my relationship, it's a matter of, of not doing those things because that's going to fortify uh, the connection that I share with Beth. Mm. So that's how that would have unfolded. And um, also there probably would have been like shame around it too and guilt for thinking this thing because that's like that's the majority that's how the majority view these types of things it's that um you know it's not a good thing to to have attraction towards another person when you're monogamously relating to another female or another man which is just totally ludicrous it's a it's a totally ludicrous sentiment and notion to to think that that's realistic to sustain and like what manifests via the suppression of that energy is is something to be recognized as well. That's sweet. I really like the openness towards your own internal dialogue. Mm -hmm. I think that that's a, a very powerful skill to develop. And by developing a much or yeah, developing that that internal relationship and understanding that you are not your feels and you are not your thoughts and being able to understand the the bigger picture rather than mm -hmm. like that one little detail that could be haunting you and making peace with that detail rather than trying to push it down and trying to bury it because it 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 won't wouldn't go away but it but if it's not confronted or at least yeah if it's not if it's not brought within the self and if it's pushed down then well i think that for the most part we are domesticated into pushing things down push 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 yeah, push, push push and if you were talking to your younger self let's say your younger self actually was your client and you were helping him out and you're like, bro, you're like wild, wild Bill. You got to calm <laughs> your titties. <laughs> if you were, if you were chatting with him and he was coming to you and he's like, Bill, man, like I am really struggling with this. Uh, it, it's fill in the blanks of past experiences and stuff shares with you that information. Bill, then coming to you for help now what would you, how would your present self help that past self? Yeah. I mean, I would encourage, uh, just to extend some, some mercy and, and some loving energy 
towards whatever it is, is creating like this dissonance within. And I would also encourage my younger self to ask themselves the question, like if your best friend or your even younger brother, someone you love so, so much that you would never deny for everything, how would you meet them in that situation? What comes up for you there? Like you wouldn't uh, totally reject them or, or cast judgment over them or, you know, morally characterize their behavior in a less than savior, uh, sa savory way. So yeah, if I were, that's, that's an awesome question. That's, that's a really fun way of framing things to like define things simply in terms of how we can meet ourselves when we, when we do find the judgment coming up and the self negation and, and all these different things. And man, that is such an ongoing process and practice. And I, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, building that muscle on a daily basis in the ways that it shows up and, and continuing to practice that and expand my awareness around how I can be more merciful towards myself when, when these things do show up. I like that. I like that you said merciful rather than meet yourself with grace. I think that there is a, I think that grace is tossed often actually i'm just thinking of this now since you said merciful now you just like made a nice little cognitive pivot in my mind where i'm like oh i'm going to use merciful more often than grace because i think it does have a little bit more power behind it uh because i don't think many folks can really define grace but i think when unless it's like moving gracefully Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the behavior or the action of mercy and being merciful, I think that there is a lot more room for understanding in that particular case. I think mm -hmm. that that's kind of my thought on that one, actually. I really like that. I like merciful more than graceful, dude. That's sweet. I'm going to write that down. Hmm. Compassion for sure and, and forgiveness and um, not to like let yourself slide and and bypass um, but to meet it with love and be like, what can I learn from this situation so I can improve upon better for next time and re recognizing our inherent humanness. Cause I mean, especially as someone who like, I imagine you experience this and many people that listen, um, someone who's a high performer and always looking for the next level of expansion. Um, it's very easy to not allow room and space to like make mistakes and to, to, to fumble the ball and to, to fall. Um, and that's, that's exhausting. That's plain and simple. It's very exhausting. Yeah. It's, it, it's like you're walking on ice that you believe is going to crack and fall apart. However, it's actually pretty solid. Mm -hmm. Ah, that's Absolutely. cool. Ah, that's really sweet. So Bill, my man, what, what is it that you find to be a common denominator with generally speaking, because if you're helping out men, I'm going to ask you questions on that one. But yeah. when it, when it comes to, when it comes to the vision of helping men, what is it that you are inspiring them to What's the outcome? What is it that you're inspiring them to pursue? Yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I, I want people to intentionally curate fun in their lives, especially, especially men. We need more play. Um, that is universally something that is incredibly 
nourishing for the nervous system. And a lot of the times men are getting lost in, you know, all the various balls they have to juggle and forgetting that they have the opportunity to, to play while that's all occurring. I mean, it doesn't have to be like a thing where you're setting aside three hours to go and play golf or disc golf or pickleball or whatever it may be. The way you interact with the cashier, the way you interact with your wife, you know, bringing some levity into the situation. So, you know, through like the men's meetups that we do, the virtual groups and the retreats we have, there's a big emphasis on that. Um, And I feel men feel or yeah, men. I mean, I'll just speak from my own personal experience. Like anytime I've been in a personal development container where it was like somber, too somber and, and too like dry and, and the facilitator didn't really do a good job of like bringing in some laughter, at least every so often, I wasn't learning as well. I wasn't digesting the experience as well. I was more resistant to it, to showing up on the calls and in taking the information, you know, all these different things. So that's one thing that I seek to like infuse into the people that I work with is um, to, to bring fun higher up on the hierarchy of values, if it aligns, you know, and if, and if not, nonetheless, it's important to, to keep that like childlike essence alive and to keep that inner child within you supported. Right. Um, And then another piece is to uh, yeah, for sure. The words Um, and, and get more clear, illuminate more your expand awareness around the words that we're using to define our experience. And and what is that inner dialogue? Like Um, how ruthless are you with yourself and how are the words playing into that level of mercilessness that like a lot of men are, are going through and, and not creating any sort of space for, um, you know, love to be in there. And, and if, if they don't have awareness around their words and the words that are supporting that sort of energetic within them, um, yeah, more action, more disharmony, more dysfunction, um, more projection, you know, all these different things. So getting clear on the words and, and helping people understand what architect language is and, and conflict language and, and, you know, those fundamental pillars of the enlifted work and how, writing the things down that are occurring within yourself on a piece of paper, how illuminating that can be creating space from your story and the inner dialogue to see it for what it is. And to also see that we have the power to change it and to influence it very simply. Um, Obviously it's an ongoing process and an iterative practice, but as soon as we implement those basic tools in like how influential the language is, how it, um, you know, how it pretty much constructs our reality, then, uh, people are going to be a lot better off. Um, and aside from that, you know, we go into physical health, we go into, um, you know, how can we be more vulnerable with each other? How can we cultivate intimate relationships with other guys outside of our romantic partnerships? Cause men, uh, for the most part, tend to be over-reliant uh, on their romantic partners to get everything they need in terms of connecting, which creates a strain on the relationship and uh, messes with uh, the container of, you know, the romance they're they're wishing to curate within uh, that partnership. 
So that's those are some of the main things that uh, I hope and I am uh, encouraging men to step into more and teaching men how to do. And uh, yeah, so that's what I got for you. Nice. I like that. <laughs> I like that quite a bit, my friend. Uh, eventually, I'll definitely wander on into one of your uh, one of your events. One of your I would love that. You want to come tomorrow night? Tomorrow <laughs> night we got a a men's circle, six thirty to eight thirty central. I'll say that quick. <laughs> today, Monday? Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, probably. You doable. could think about it. You could think about yeah, it. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you don't gotta decide on the spot. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Man, that's pretty sweet. Uh, I I very much so uh, resonate with the the part about uh. I really like what you said about <clears throat> expanding the container of having that that depth of relations with other fellas that mm -hmm. are uh I like to think of it as sharpening the edges. I think when when there is that when there is that complementary competitiveness I believe that the best of us is pulled out and I found or find actually I was I'll speak for myself on this one where I was dependent much more dependent on previous uh relationships with a significant other in order to create my own sense of uh self-worth so I wasn't filling up my own heart cup and I think of mm -hmm. the the heart as a cup where many expect the relationship to fill up that heart cup however when we are able to fill up our own heart cup and what pours out over that heart is what everyone else gets to have a little bit of as well. Get to fill up a mm -hmm. little bit of cups here and there, but it starts with the, the first, the first cup. Uh, I definitely find that I more so now than ever before, I really have a great uh, male bond, male friendships than I have before where there is the camaraderie aspect and not in a sense of um a dogmatic sense where mm -hmm. it's you're either yeah. with us or against <laughs> us kind of idea where it's a mm -hmm. little bit more clicky i've been noticing that and i think it's a correlation maybe not causation but a correlation and then it's been accelerating since but a correlation with my development and the people around me where it's the like-minded individuals that want to expand their perspective, that wants to have their mm -hmm. perspective challenged to not just uh, want to be right or want to be accepted. Acceptance is not the focus. It's development. And as a side effect of that self-development and that self-actualization, we find that we have that acceptance as a side effect rather than having acceptance be the goal. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I think it is so important now or ever it's always been important, but I think I've just become more aware of how important it is because of the impact it's made on me where it's not just going and hanging out and doing the same repetitive things yeah. where it's not, philosophizing it's not having depth of conversation and my buddy jesse and i 
we would have we go for either runs, walks, or workouts in the morning, and it's early mornings, like five a.m.s, mm-hmm. and that's how we started the day. And both of us chat about it often, where that is an unreal way to start the day because we're both doing something difficult mm-hmm. and we're getting the neurological juices flowing. We're talking about these kind of things that are just like expanding our mind. And I think mm-hmm. that when there is that camaraderie, that growth uh, among fellas, it fosters so much, uh, so much um, hmm, like a, well, growth for sure. But the support that comes from that, from a Mm -hmm. tribe, it really fast tracks progress. Mm -hmm. And it's not a couple, this this is another thought process too. Like for example, a Facebook group that I'm in and it has to do with men's mental health and rather than talking about how they've accomplished or overcame something, it's more of a trauma and drama bonding experience. Mm. Yeah. And no one's really challenging each other's beliefs or thoughts or philosophies. And I think that we have that desire to have that challenge, but I don't think many folks understand that it's something that if it's something that you want, it's something that should be given as well Mm -hmm. to initiate that deeper conversation. You can take that one. Any insights on that one, my friend? (laughs) Well said. Oh my God, man. Yeah. I just, I reflect on the relationships I share with other guys, which I feel so fortunate to have chosen to have built over the past few years and where the fuck I was before that, which was not in a good place. Um, falling apart at the seams mentally and emotionally, no connections of depth. Um, I thought I was challenging myself, but ultimately I was take, I was choosing like the easy challenges uh, as far as, you know, building my jewelry business, remaining in isolation and common trap of, placing my self-worth on my success there. So yeah, at that point I was, I was completely void of these types of relationships with guys. And I didn't even know that that's what I was necessary for me and like would be incredibly regenerative for my heart and soul to like fill up that cup. Right. Like you mentioned. And, um, I love coming together with other dudes doing something that's like physically activating adventurous um whether it's like a cold plunge in the lake which is something we did on saturday with an awesome group of guys we actually got a guy in there that had never been in cold water this dude from brazil and he loved it and he handled like a fucking champ which was so cool and then on top of that yeah having that meaningful conversation getting those neural juices flowing like you were talking about and that's something I reflect on that I want to incorporate more into my morning. It's just where I'm at in terms of like uh, my physical position and my proximity to my friends that are into this shit in the area here. Cause I'm in like a smaller suburban town now. Uh, oh, I have one friend um, that I could reach out to. That's something I, I, that is, that is huge really getting to come together in that way and, you know, fill that cup um, and, and, and get the momentum going in the 
right direction. Um, and yeah, expand those perspectives. The, the challenge, the challenge is huge. And to like reflect on my experience there and, and how, um, you know, net positive it is to be able to like healthfully, heartfully challenge another man, then also be open to the challenge as well. That's something that like is a process for me uh, and something I've been engaging with as I've been connecting with men to this degree for the past few years. But I grew up in a completely conflict avoidant family where like communication was not so much the strong suit and we weren't, you know, kind of led the way in terms of being encouraged to do these things and to like, let's talk about what's happening within us and, and like, and where we have qualms with each other and stuff like that. So I, me personally, I find an incredible amount of value in terms of people challenging my thinking. And that's why it's, I feel so grateful to be in the enlifted tribe and have conversations like this with you um, and, and other amazing individuals where, and just to be in a position where like, I can see someone challenging my perspective as an opportunity for growth versus like a threat to my nervous system, which there's still a little bit of that there. And that's why it's great too, because I'm recalibrating in the process and exposing myself to this, this, this healthy point of evolution that I, um, enable to engage with and move forward with and, and, and utilize to like, become a stronger, more stable, regulated individual. And therefore, yeah, I'm able to impact and help more people and, and be more loving and uh, all the things that are really important for moving the world in the direction that we seek. Mm. Mm. What's the direction you seek, my friend? <laughs> we'll see that the answer to that question is different every day. Um <laughs> Um, I want people to actually connect. I want people to 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 know each other and to be known and to recognize how they're being enslaved by screens and like junk food and, you know, their stagnance physically and all these different things that are removing them and, and taking them out of their human nature and, and, and away from what it actually feels like to be alive. Um, and yeah, we're we're in a we're in a major connection deficit in society right now because of all these distractions and and this conditioning and um so like the world I seek is to bring people together in that way and to encourage them to make decisions in which are going to lead them to a more extant, expanded sense of love and and belonging within their communities and and more purpose and more meaning and more fun and play and um yeah that's what i got nice what can you recall a moment or two that has really impacted you or where you recognize there was an emphasis on i've got to do something yeah like i have to make a change is that what you're saying yeah um I mean, yeah, like I spoke on it a little bit earlier and I could go more into depth on this. I, this was 2020, mid 2020 and, uh, you know, addicted to cannabis and drinking and doing cocaine on a weekly basis, binge drinking, going to bars. And, um, you know, I was taking good care of my body aside from that, like eating whole foods. And I was aware of like the check principles at this point and I was a proponent of his work and listening to a lot of his podcasts and Aubrey Marcus and stuff like that but 
largely I was in turmoil and, and there was just like a lot of inner catastrophe, really poor inner dialogue. Um, I was fueling myself from hate and insecurity. Um, and this was a result of so many different things that had occurred in my life and what I thought I was supposed to be doing and just a lack of awareness, of course. And um, yeah, I was crying a lot and I didn't really know how to communicate what was going on for me. And I was scared to reach out and I just, I largely felt misunderstood. I did have some good people around me, but I just, I didn't take initiative on like doing the work of being vulnerable and opening up to these people to receive feedback and just be seen in where I was at. So largely I just like rejected myself completely for what was occurring and I knew something needed to change. So uh, an opportunity presented itself via Paul Check's Instagram, his first Zen in the Garden, uh, Stone Buddha's workshop at his, the first one at his new property in Rainbow Heights, California. So I saw that, I'm like, you know, I felt a huge calling to it, a huge surge of energy in my body to show up to that event. And I had made the declaration that if I make a sale in the next week, I'll go. I made a jewelry sale two days later fucking sent it, got the ticket. And then I went out there and, um, you know, moved my feet in the direction, which I like, wasn't sure that it would change things, but I knew something needed to change. So that's, that's why I did that. It was like, I need, something needs to happen here. So I showed up there and I met all these incredible people, five or six of them, which I'm still friends with to today. And uh, many of them, which I still stay in touch with via social media and through there, I, I continued to say yes and like open up that channel for like opportunities flowing into my life um, versus saying no out of a place of being scared and, and choosing what is normal for me and what is comfortable. Um, and, and that's, yeah, single handedly been one of the most impactful means of like creating change in my life is saying yes to things where there's like mark says you're at the crossroads of puckered and excited you're a little puckered there's some stress there your nervous system's like are we sh are you sure we should do this and the ego's like are you sure man because this could happen um but you're also excited because you know there's going to be there's you're stepping into the unknown and there's going to be things there that are going to invite you to rise up to the occasion and going on that journey so that that was a primary moment in my story where I really stepped up for myself, even being in a place of disempowerment. And from that point on, things have been continuing to change drastically. And, and that was a main pivot, pivot point, which initiated and established the awareness that these things are so important for me to do as a person. Um, and yeah, once you know, you know, so I've just been uh, continuing forward with that same sentiment and, and philosophy and, it's really truly brought a sense of like being alive into my life versus like, you know, it's, it's nice to be comfortable every so often. Um, and I, but on the other side, I know people in their lives want more meaning, want more excitement, want more adventure. So that that's, yeah, I value all those things. And, and those are some of my North stars for decisions I make and, and understanding how taking these leaps can, really open up doors for us. And that's, that's why I'm here. Simply put. Sweet. I really like that. Yeah. I'm asking a, a lot of, or I think it just kind of popped up. I'm not, I didn't actually have it planned, but uh, I find myself asking a lot of questions on your, 
uh, evolution, not transformation, because transformation indicates that it's from one to the other and then it's done. But I think that evolution is a much more appropriate word for uh, the human existence where yeah. there's stagnancy and then there's evolution. And uh, if we are not evolving and developing ourselves, then we find ourselves living the exact same day, the exact same point in time. That's mm -hmm. unfulfilling. There's no joy. Our fellowships, the people that we make space for are uh, experiencing the same inner chaos or disorder or turmoil or resistance that we are because what we experience in our surroundings is a reflection of our internal projections. Yep. <clears throat> True. And, and I think that there, it's so interesting because I like talking about how I've developed and I've changed. And I like talking to other people, how they've developed and how they've changed. And there are some that are resistant to that change. And I have this theory, or this was a part of my kind of evolution where until the point we consciously make the decision to show up for our inner child, the way that we wish to show up, we will unconsciously and automatically show up for our inner child the way that our parents showed up for us, thus repeating the cycle. Mm -hmm. And I heard something pretty in, uh, neat from this, uh, I forget his name, but he was talking about midlife crises. And I think that a midlife crisis is actually happening earlier and earlier and earlier. I'm mm -hmm. just kind of observing it. And what he said was really interesting where fellas will go and he's he's talking specifically about men on this one but fellas will go to school they'll go do their work they'll go do have the family they'll have the house they'll have the car and they'll have decades where they've built up all of this stuff and technically they've checked off all the boxes they've hit all the points i was told to get a job i was told to go to university i was told to get married i was told to have kids i was told to have the house i was told to crush it in my career cuz you can crush it and still be miserable mm -hmm. uh crush it in my career but then they reflect on it and they're like shit i didn't do anything for myself i just did everything for everything and everyone else mm -hmm. and he said that and it was just a theory that he was going with, but I, I observe it and I do agree with him. But then during a midlife crisis, many men will resort to the time that they feel they had the most control or the most power over their decisions. And that's when they are teenagers. So you'll see fellas that are continuing on. Now I think it's actually continuing on where you have guys that are in their 20s, but they're behaving like they're 12, or uh, fellas that are in their 50s going into retirement, and they're having a midlife crisis, because they're thinking, what about me? What is it? What is it that I was supposed to do? What is it that I want to do? And I know this is more so with uh, athletics that I've heard this quote, but I think it applies to careers and uh, life just in general. But in the sports aspect, 
athletes will die twice in their life, once when they retire, and then once when they actually kick the bucket. Mm-hmm. And I think of the the midlife crisis when we're, uh, I don't think devolving is the right word, but it's resorting back to that teenage point in time where we do, where where it's just living a rock star life because you wanted to be a rock star when you were a teenager mm-hmm. partying like a rock star right but that's not something that's sustaining it's not something that's fulfilling it's something that could create harm internally and externally where do you find the where do you find is a good starting point for someone that may be experiencing the dilemma of I've done everything correct, but I do not feel a sense of accomplishment. That's a good question. Shit. I mean, surround yourself with different people, do something different. I mean, that would be a good place to start, right? Like, most of us are in echo chambers of like similar belief systems and values and like those people that are caught. If you're caught in the matrix that long, simply put, you're surrounding yourself with other people who are also, you know, totally disillusioned by what society has imposed upon them um, instead of like tuning into a true sense of what you want to create or what brings you joy you are tuning into, you are basing your behavior off of what others and what other, what others have told you uh, is what creates joy. Right. And um, that's such, I, I'm, I feel just blessed. I just feel lucky that I have ended up in a spot in the universe in space and time where like other possibilities have been illuminated for me. Um, I didn't choose to listen to Joe Rogan when I was like 18 or 19 or whatever. I just, I somehow stumbled across one of his videos on YouTube and that led me down a rabbit hole of understanding that things I can choose for things to be differently aside from what, uh, you know, all my other peers are doing and deciding to go to like four year colleges and, you know, get a good job and like the typical milestone markers of, uh, like what success looks like in our society. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very easy to get caught up in the trap of like being successful according to someone else's standards or, you know, yeah, all the things that have been imposed on us through media and through family and, and, and how things used to work. Like, obviously it's not fucking working for most people considering the state of affairs with, where uh mainstream culture is at and and um where people are at in terms of their vitality and yeah these these midlife crises happening so like i I, a really good place to start is find find a men's group find go to a yoga studio um you know but the thing is like when now when i think of this if somebody's been like living this way for 50 plus years or whatever it may be they may not have the awareness that this is the thing for them or they wouldn't be open to that so it's it's really hard to say what a good starting point would be that's that's just what has worked for me and and what i see working for other people 
I like that. Uh, you had a post recently. Uh, well, recently, like, yeah, kind of, yeah, it was recently. Now I'm thinking of the day, but uh, it's a really cool pick where you're. I have it pulled in front of me too, where it looks like you're coaching a fella in a nice bath. And it looks, <laughs> it looks majestic. Like the sun is shining behind you guys. There's a nice little reflection. And it says, you have your caption, men need a steady diet of meaningful adventure and rites of passage to be fulfilled. I love that, dude. I love that. And there's, you have quite a bit more on it. Mm-hmm. But it really resonated with, with me, the, the rites of passage aspect. Uh, and for, for myself, I didn't really have, I would consider what I did in the world, uh, in 2016, the world's toughest mutter as a rite of passage. However, I didn't recognize it as a rite of passage until then, but mm-hmm. what I've kind of recognized or articulated in my mind is we are a culture that does not have a rite of passage that clearly indicates boyhood to manhood Mm -hmm. and i believe or at least (laughs) the the way i put it is the best the best incarnation of a rite of passage that we have is how many fireball shots can you handle when you're 18 years old and how much can you just vomit the next day the harder the hangover is the next day the better the rite of passage is and (laughs) i i think that i think that uh we're in this crazy cool time where we have the opportunity to have all the forms of rite of passages mm-hmm. at our disposal. And what started kind of getting me to think about this is there was this fella out of Australia. I believe he was a videographer, or a documentary uh, director, and he was working in a cubicle. He was just hanging out, staring at his computer, like what you were talking about before. And he was questioning his competence and his utility and his ability to just be a man he viewed himself still as a boy and this one was a crazy one where he decided to do a video series where each episode was a different rite of passage from different cultures and so he would go to Africa and there was one where he was in the circle pit and they had like sticks and they were just like whipping each other with sticks. There was another one where he climbed up this tree and he was getting like honey out of this, out of this hive and he was getting stung or no, he had to put his hand in there and then he had to like, just, Oh, it was an ant one. And he had to just get stung. And that was the rite of passage of that culture. Mm-hmm. And my favorite one that I think is the most badass one it also lines up with one of my uh, dream bucket list items that would be really freaking tough, but I think it'd be badass. But one of the rites of passages, and then I'll tell you what my bucket list item is, but one of the rites of passage is he was uh, with, um, there was a Mongolian tribe that was nomadic and they would travel with elks and, or caribou, one of the two. And he, the rite of passage was, him riding horseback after training a falcon to hunt and as mm. he was like as he was going he would let the let the falcon go and it would go and hunt for him and then another part of this rite of passage is they would celebrate by obviously 
bringing bring an elk in and, you know, eating it, but he would drink the blood fresh out of the, out of the cup. You got to. <laughs> yeah. When I my first hunt, I'm definitely drinking the blood and taking a bite of the heart. hundred percent. Oh, nice. Respect. What was, what was that like? I have no, no I didn't. When I do oh, have my did... first hunt, I'm oh, planning on it. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess me too. I might as well go along <laughs> with it. Yeah. Commit to it. Commit to it. It makes. Well, sense. I just recorded it now, so I have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do Never it for the gram. Do it for the gram. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you have to record it, or it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> but my bucket list item, which, and then I'll go back to the rites of passage part. But my bucket list item is to do horseback archery. Oh yeah, dude. And that's like two skills. I don't know how to ride a horse, mm-hmm. and I'm familiar with archery. But the way that they actually do their archery is really freaking cool where they actually time the gallop. So as the horse is going, they have oh the, the, the bow drawn. And when all four of the hoofs are off the ground, that's when they release the bow. So you know when they talk about snipers where they can regulate their heartbeat and they shoot in between beats? Same idea, but you have this freaking giant animal in between your legs while you're just like going so that's one of the things but anyways going back to the rites of passage part after that little (laughs) tangent you said in that one rites of passage indicating plural Mm -hmm. so do you think Ooh, do you think progressive a progressive amount or a progressively difficult rites of passage is what are your thoughts on rites of passage? Let's start with that. <laughs> First and foremost, uh, the bucket list objective of yours to <laughs> man, that is going to be a powerful experience. That's going to make you feel some type of way. Uh like, I don't know what that's going to awaken within you. I'm excited to hear about it, though. So I, I just wanted to reflect on that for a second. And as far as the rites of passage, man, it's essential. And I hear you. Definitely, we, I mean, when you think of rites of passage and what they currently are in uh, mainstream American society, I don't know what else, what's happening in other countries. If it's, well, there obviously are rites of passage in other countries. I'm thinking more like Europe and stuff like that, similar to, more similar to America. Um, you look, you, you, it's like college, you graduate college, you graduate high school, uh, bar mitzvah, holy communion, you know, whatever it is. And, when I look at my whole life and how rites of passage passage have showed up, I didn't even recall this at first, but it, when the Holy Communion came out of my mouth, I actually got confirmed as a Catholic, and I was in complete resistance of it the whole time. Like I wasn't about like any of the principles that they were sharing in terms of the Bible reads and stuff like that. I was like totally in warrior mode and you know rage against the machine and just. Like I just I I didn't even entertain it just for that reason. Like I I was a rebel in that way, so I I didn't really take anything from it in that regard. But we did do, uh, like for finalizing the confirmation, we did like a one day retreat, and we did all these exercises that crack me the fuck open and and really expanded my awareness, which is cool to look back at that point. And it's 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 similar to some of the things I'm doing now and leading guys through one of the exercises being, you know, cross the line if 
your dad was an alcoholic or cross the line if you've lost a parent, things like that. And we're like, you know, we're like eighth graders or seventh graders. So it was like, it was like bold shit and like not things you're really talking about at that age. So that was wild because it really um, instilled a deeper sense of connection and relation to like my peers and, and other people and uh, encouraged me to be more compassionate and be like, oh, like these people are just like me. And um, there was a lot that came through with that. And there was another exercise we did, which um, my mom and my confirmation sponsor, they wrote me letters telling me how much they loved me. And like, we were sitting in a circle and we opened up these letters and I just, I was like doing everything I could to choke back the tears. But I, I like, I had never been impacted that way emotionally up to that point in my life. So, you know, that was something that really altered my consciousness and, and evolved it. And, uh, expanded me in, in different ways, connected me to parts of myself I'd never been connected to. And that's, that's what I see rites of passage uh, doing. And I, and I do think that it's something that should be incorporated into one's life on a regular basis. Um, because, yeah, just back to everything we were talking about earlier in the show, um, we need to challenge ourselves. We need to, we need to hang out with people that are going to, um, support us in broadening our perspectives, whether that is, you know, saying a thing that to encourage you to go deeper and question how the ways you think and think about your thinking and all these different things. So it, it's been a huge, uh, it's played a huge role in my life for finding more freedom and like understanding who I am, what am I capable of and um, amplifying my power for sure. Because uh, there, you will inevitably learn a lot about yourself through an experience that is uh, completely outside the realm of normal. Well, it's, whether it's challenging you physically, mentally, emotionally, and I mean, there's so many different ways to to curate this sort of experience in your life. You could microdose it. It could be, um, you know, you're in a grocery store and you're someone that you know, isn't comfortable with starting an actual connecting conversation with the cashier, ask them what the highlight of their day was, you know, that's like a mini initiation process into a greater version of yourself, right? Because you're scared to do that thing, but you're meeting the resistance and friction and you're doing it anyways, because you recognize the value in it. Um, and then like another one I did on my 29th birthday was I went on a 29 mile hike, which mm. was a lot harder than I thought. And I mean, just to like be able to observe myself over the course of 15 and a half hours of walking uh, through the winter, which was absolutely beautiful with my partner and and to like experience the ebbs and flows of connection and the things we worked through and and how we cultivated a positive experience for ourselves and, and all the various points we chose to do that when we could have easily fallen into a place of disempowerment where we got pessimistic, we're like you know, you're like 15 miles in, you're like, well, my fucking shoes are completely soaked. And like, my legs are hurting really bad right now. Instead of like, focusing on that, how can I focus on something else? So I learned a lot about my, like how I shape my experience, which I was already aware of, but like, it just goes so deep. So all these experiences, and th there's so many more that I've intentionally, um, you know, put myself in the arena of, some of the most important experiences I've, I've ever had the men's retreats I've been to going to the enlifted experience. And no, these, 
you know, if you compare it to like a traditional rite of passage, a little different. The way I see it, though, this is that those are rites of passage for me, and it's meaningful adventure, and I'm coming out fundamentally different on the other side. I think that. Oh, damn! That last little part there, where you you're coming out differently on the other end. I think that's probably one of the <clears throat> that's the litmus test of a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to use this uh, frame or this metaphor, I think it is, <clears throat> as a mantra to assist me through what I perceived to be struggles. But realistically, at the time, they were just fantasies of struggle. They were perceived struggles, not actual struggles. And <clears throat> now I utilize it. In the same sense as what you're saying is going through uh, something that is a little bit that is difficult and that is leaving one incarnation behind in order to fulfill the next incarnation. And Mm. it is that struggle and pain are the blacksmith that forges us into the ultimate weapon. Oh yeah, baby. And I think that, and the story that I go through. So if I'm like doing something like what what you went, where it was the 29 miles, if I'm doing something where it's like trekking or if I'm rucking and I have like 15, 30 pounds in my backpack or book bag, whatever people say nowadays, uh, knapsack, <laughs> uh, I would go and there, there was, there was one that was during the summer. It was accidental actually i i I took a left instead of a right on a trail that i usually do and i was curious i'm like okay if i take a left how long can i go along the river until i meet the next bridge to cross so it was either i was going to retreat and go back the way that i knew there was a bridge or i was just going to push forward it went a lot farther than i thought much further. I think I was gone for probably like five, six hours and I'm still, I'm rucking. And I found a bunch of cool stuff. I actually found that there is an area in uh, Edmonton here that uh, actually has horses and stuff. So maybe, maybe I'll learn how to ride a horse there. <laughs> maybe. But uh, the story when I started really getting to the struggle was we are like iron ore. We are in the ground we are misshapen we're just like a rock right we're just there we're just a lump and either by choice or by chance we're going to be ripped from the ground in the ground we're sheltered we're comfy we're protected from the elements from the things that we are fearful of whether actually fearful or a perceived fear a fantastical fear but either by choice or by chance, the situation is going to change because life is not stagnant. So eventually that iron ore is taken out of the ground, is dug up, or it is just sought. It's not sought after. It is, well, the coming out of the ground is sought after. Then it's taken to the melting pot. It's melted down. It's put into the shape of the sword i'm going to use swords for this one because they're freaking cool 
but it's put into the mold of the sword. It's heated up, it's melted down, it's put into the mold, it's taken out of the mold, it's heated up, it's beaten, it's cooled down, it's heat up, heated up again, beaten some more, then it's sharpened. Then you put a couple other different uh, parts of metal in there. There's going to be like other minerals to harden the sword. And eventually, over time, as we are beaten, cooled, heated, molded, eventually, we become that ultimate weapon. We turn into our own form of Excalibur. And that's a story that I have on repeat when I, either by choice or by chance, whether it's I accidentally, whether I choose to turn left, and then eventually I just go on this really long walk. That's the story that I have going through my mind is this is forging me into the ultimate weapon. This is forging me into the mm. ultimate weapon. This that's is forging beautiful. me into the ultimate weapon. And that's been uh, that's been a mantra or a, a metaphor that has assisted me through persevering uh, in a variety of either physical or mental endeavors. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's been uh, very, very. Uh, it's been a heavy contributor to my desire for wanting to sharpen that blade more. Mm hmm hmm yeah that's a i mean that mantra is is perfect for keeping your eyes on the prize and keeping your your perspective in the right place instead of um i mean there's i imagine i can tell from the level of weapon that you've cultivated within yourself and that you exude there's been so many times where you wanted to back down um and and where you were at the precipice and and you rose above. And I imagine the words back to the words were very helpful in, um, you know, helping you to push through to that next degree of yourself and that next iteration of like the weapon, the the level of weapon you wish to call into your being and, and share with the world. That's super cool, man. We, uh, what is a, on the note of, I suppose mantras. Do you have something that you often speak to yourself over and over and over again that encourages you to progress? You know, it's there's it's always changing, and a lot of the times it's it's more of a generic. Like even yeah, when I'm doing the things that I know are moving the needle in the right direction, also things that are challenging for me to do, I just remind myself I'm showing up and I make progress because I show up and just reminding of myself of the progress that I'm making helps me keep that momentum. Um, so yeah, just as simple as that. That's, that's one of the the phrases I, I illuminate in my mind and, and that is helpful for me to, calibrate my energy in the way where um, I'm not focused on what's not going right. Um, Cause what we think about, we bring about and so important to, to tune the reticular activating system in a way where uh, we're going to continue to see the things that are helpful to us instead of negating from our progress and, and getting in the way and, and breaking us down and, you know, you know, all these different things, because the mind does have a natural negativity bias just out of, 
purposes for survival, which is good. It's just we have to be aware of that, and and the words are helpful in making sure that, um, you know, we can we can maintain a perspective that that feels good for us and energizing, and um, yeah, isn't isn't you know, breaking us down essentially. Mm. I like that, dude. I like that. Well, my friend, coming to the top of the hour. Woo! One one question that I want to ask you before I go into the final two. Is there anything that has to be said that hasn't been said yet? I'm I'm grateful to be alive and all I wish for other people is that they can come to a place where they feel the same way where they can open their eyes in the morning and feel a sense of excitement for their life and recognize the blessings and um, also for them to acknowledge their inherent worthiness and that I don't give a shit who you are, what you've done. This guy, <laughs> when I say it like that, I think of a Kai, the hitchhiker hitchhiker. I don't know if you've seen the clips of him. It, it, we don't need to go. I don't even need to go any further into that, but he kind of says it like that. But I, I stand by these words. Like, I don't care what you've done, the most heinous acts, whatever it may be, uh, you deserve love. And, and if, if you have objections to that, uh, I suggest you study human behavior more and why people do things and, and what sort of behaviors come, where they come from, you know? So that, that's all I have to say. Nice. So for the final two questions, mm, I love them. <clears throat> Setting the context for this one, it's at the end of your days. You're on your deathbed. You're surrounded by all the people that you care for, all the people that you love. No content of yours exists. Instagram's gone. This podcast is gone. What piece of advice do you want to pass on to your loved ones? It's a great question. As basic as it sounds, practice presence. You know, if we're not here and our mind is elsewhere, then we're not actually able to digest our experience and um, cultivate memories. And um, so, yeah, I was hoping something more profound would come through, but <laughs> that's all I got. No, I think that's still <laughs> fantastic, dude. Yeah, it, yep. it, it's it's a message, and sometimes you know, realistically, in the context of the scenario, it's not like anyone's gonna be like, bro. You're on your deathbed, then that's all you got to say. <laughs> right. And just be yourself. Be authentic. Practice authenticity. Um, you know, do your best to to un like remove the layers that are getting in the way of being who you want to be and and be the permission slip for sure. Be the permission slip for other people to also, you know, fully express themselves. Cause yeah, there's enough masquerading in our society as there is already i like that uh and the final question the very best version of you is sitting next to you right now the most actualized the most transcendent bill what piece of advice does he have for this season for you for this season of your life 
keep going, keep, keep showing up for yourself and, and, and what you truly love to do and, uh, following your excitement and, um, yeah, everything's perfect. Stay positively focused and, uh, keep taking the steps forward. Nice. Well, folks, that's what I've got for you in today's episode. Where can people find you, Bill? You can find me. My primary page and platform is at Yo Wild Bill. And if you want to check out my jewelry art, that would be at William Arthur Jewelry. Um, either or would be good to reach out to me on. And and yeah, that's where we can we can connect and, and converse if you want to have a chat or if anything stuck out in the episode to you, would would love to uh, expand on the conversation. Nice. Well, folks, if you love today's episode, please do me a favor right now. Take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories. Tag me with my handle at Dapper Dude Kyle, along with at Yo Wild Bill. That is one of the ways that we grow. And until next time, keep up the kindness, and I hope your day treats you as good as you look. <laughs>